Welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here. That was fun. Leverage it. Who who actually knows where that's from? Were you, who's old enough in this room to like know where that's under? <laughs> like my, my age group and younger is like on the verge. Like I think I know what that's from. Yay for like 80s kids, right? Uh, anyways, welcome to Press Church. If you are visiting us for the first time, we're so glad to have you. And if you are joining us online as well, thanks for for being here. Leverage it, brand new series uh, starting today. Uh, we'll take this for a couple weeks talking about how do we leverage everything that we have. Actually, before I get too far into it, I want to share, can I share a fail story of my own? It's, it's my own failing. Yes. Um, so I figured this is a good way, it's a good way to, you know, ease the crowd. If I make myself, you know, the blunt of a joke, it, it'll make everybody feel better except for myself, but that's fine. I'll do it for you guys. So um, I like cooking. Uh, I don't do it a lot, but I, I, I enjoy cooking. And I, I pride myself with the things that I do, I try to do well. I'm one of those people, if I'm gonna do it, I wanna do it well, I wanna do it good. So I, I like cooking. And um, I had a huge fail last night, huge fail. So has anybody tried to do uh, sushi before? I tried to make some homemade sushi. And um, it was bad. It was really bad. Now, fortunately, I, was, I, I didn't go out and buy, like, really nice, you know, sushi-grade tuna or anything like that. I was like, hey, we're going to go imitation crab. We're going to keep this simple just in case, just in case. And it's good. There's, there's wisdom in that. The rice was awful. Like, I know how to make rice. The rice was terrible. I'm, like, mixing. Because you're supposed to mix in, like, vinegar and sugar and salt and some other things. And, and I'm, like, mixing it. And it's just getting more and more, like, just, like, gooey and pasty. And I'm, like, something is not right here. But we tried anyways. I, the roll was pretty good. The roll was pretty good. And <laughs> it was funny. So my wife and I, we sit down. And we're all excited. Like, all right, here we go. And, and we, 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 you know, we dip it in our soy and wasabi and everything. And we take a bite. And we start chewing, and we both kind of look at each other like, this is awful. <laughs> and so, why do I tell you this? Well, you know, every story can be turned into some sort of sermon analogy, right? So, how do I leverage this? What do I learn from this, right? I am not going to let this define me, people. I am not going to let this mess up define me. I am going to leverage this failure to learn from my mistakes. Uh, and we may end up just buying a rice cooker. We'll see. Uh, but I'm going to learn from, I'm going to leverage it. And so with this series, how do we leverage the stuff that happens to us? How do we leverage our life, everything about us, our past? There's, there's stuff in our past that a lot of us are like, we want to keep that hidden. I want to keep that sushi hidden. I never want to have to taste what I tasted again. But how do I take it and learn from it? How do we take the things that, we've, that we have in our lives, the things that may be ugly, Maybe it's something that's good. I think that's the problem sometimes. Is we have these good things in our lives that we, we like to hold on to and say, it's in my power. I know how to control it. I know what to do with it. And the question is, how do we leverage it for God? How, what, is he, what is he asking of us? Can we, can, we, can we leverage that? Can we use that for God? So if you are new with us today, we, uh, it's, it's pretty much every week the pastors here at Press, myself, Pastor Jason, Pastor CR, we jump in the car together and we start talking about the sermon for the day. So let's, uh, let's watch this video. Oh, PBS. Oh, yeah. Being from Sesame Street. Mm -hmm. I wonder how many people remember that. Oh, I do. 
Again, checking our generation. Sesame Street generation. You might be Gen X if you actually know what our bumper is from. (laughs) Yeah. Those were the days. And then people are like, where do you guys come up with these German (laughs) titles? These leverage it? Leverage it. What does that even mean? Leverage it. Just think of, you know, physics class in high school. Learning all the little equations and physics that's behind right. leverage and that's right uh, get your fulcrum in the right spot yeah hey watch your language <laughs> <laughs> don't say the f word on video yeah. fulcrum fulcrum yeah i mean when it comes down to it um there's a i think that the holistic view of it is that we all have uh we have pasts we have damage we have good we have character we have personality we have all these things that are built up in us you know like the the story of cr the story of sean jason we all there's a uh, a an overarching like story that is each of us and i think the whole point of this series is digging into how do we take that and leverage it uh for our faith for for god um I think we get into life and we we think life's going to be a certain way. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, if we I have just, expectations. We have, we have expectations. Yeah. Um, and we get in and we see just how difficult it is and we see how messy it is. We see the pain that it, we, we have, things happen to us. And you're, we sit here like, well, what do we do with that? Yeah. Like, what do I do with, well, one, life doesn't look anywhere close to what I thought it was going to be. I thought I'd be somewhere else at this point. Um, or maybe we were in a place where it's like, oh, I've got all this great stuff. Life is good. At the same time, what do you do with that? Where do you go from there? Uh, and that's where leverage comes from. Like, how are we using all of that uh, for God's glory? The good glory? and the bad. Exactly. Yes. Using the good and all the bad of it, for that, God's yes, glory. Absolutely. Because, you know, I think that is a problem in the Christian world. We uh, so often just want to take the, the picture of what looks nice and pretty. Right. The good. <laughs> Yeah. And and then it's and call that fruit and say, oh well, I have something, and then that can be leveraged, right? Right. And and God's saying no, uh, all of your stuff, yeah, including right. all the not so great stuff, right. yeah. can be used for His glory. Right. Uh, you just got to give it over to Him. Right. But that's really messy and right. nuanced. Usually, and, usually, when we say give it over to Him, what people hear is. Give it to him so he can expunge it from your record. Mm. And really, when we give it to him... <laughs> Get rid of it so it can be disappear. Right. Make it disappear. Yeah, but yeah. that's not at all what he does. Instead, right. he redeems it yes. in a way that now it can be used, even though it was terrible. Yeah. It, you know, I'm not trying to... If you had something right. happen to you and it, you know, and it right. was yeah. traumatic, it was terrible. It's still terrible, but with God's redemption process... It can now be leveraged, right? Used for good. Yes. And most of us would rather just say, if I give it to God, He can take it, and then it's gone. Yeah. yeah I don't have to think about it. Anymore. Well, and that's right. how we treat the relationship, even within church or within this uh, sphere of Christianity. It's like those are things we hide. Oh yeah. We we hide those things. We hide the past. We hide the hurt. We hide the pain because we feel like we have to put on this nice, neat facade. This put together hey well when i follow jesus i'm put together and i don't have those uh, those things where you know those stories those pasts like god can use that yeah in a really powerful way yeah 
and even the current present, which is could be ugly. Yeah, you know, right. Like a lot of th- times, I f- feel like the the in the Christian world, there is this narrative of that was back then, and I did all this. Yeah. So it's often called your testimony. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, it is a testimony. I mean, it can yeah, be. A it testimony. can be. Yeah, it right. can be. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's this sense of like everything has to be in your past. Everything's in order for, great now. <laughs> right. For God yeah. to use it. It's like, no, life can be pretty crappy and you can be right. dealing with a lot of stuff right now. Right. And guess what? God can be glorified in that. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be completely packaged really well. Yeah. You could be coming out the sides and <laughs> and all, all kinds of stuff. But yeah. it's a process of being submitted to God right. in that. And he can use it for his glory. And that seems weird and hard to... Foreign, even, yeah. Yeah, we don't like that. It's messy. We don't like messy, you know? Yeah, we we want to have arrived. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, you know, we we talk about our testimony. The problem is, what is our testimony testifying to? Mm. When it's only about, I was this way, but now I'm perfect. Right. Right. Now I've got it together. Well, then what are we saying to We're people? saying to the person who isn't perfect, yeah. Yeah. you don't have a testimony. <laughs> Yet, right. until you fix everything. Right. Until, exactly. until you're together, right. God can't use you. Right. And and the problem is, that's just wrong. Yes. Right. And God uses you in the process of the mess. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's all through Scripture. Oh, <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. like, you could, yeah. you could point everywhere in Scripture and see that. that. That's a constant cycle in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's right. over. It is repeated. Yes. From... Genesis three yeah, right. to you know to Revelation it, right. it is and and that's where we try to we try to put our past in the past and never think about it again mm-hmm. when God is saying no 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 I'm present with you in the mess right. now are you going to trust me in the mess yeah. yeah I think that's a great question for us to ask are we going to trust him in the mess and really it goes beyond that. You know, for the series, it goes beyond, really it's asking, are you going to trust me with everything, the good, the bad, when I'm happy, when I'm depressed? You may fall in in a different uh, category here. Some people, it's like when things are great, you know, God is good. When things are bad, it's like God is terrible. Or when things are good, they forget about God. Oh, everything's good. I I don't need him. But yet when it's bad, oh, then it's like, oh, God, I need you. You may fall on that. But what does that look like? To trust him with everything. And this is a foundational question for the series. As we move forward, how do we trust God with everything? I mean, that sounds big. And for me, I want to dig in a little further. Of like, what does that mean? We said that in the video. What does that even mean to trust God with everything? What does that look like? It sounds good. Trust God with everything. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds really good. What does that mean? Do I have to quit my day job? Do I have to be a pastor now? What what does that look like to trust God with everything? Sell all my stuff? Do I do that? Sounds good, right? In Proverbs, there's a verse, Proverbs 3, a couple verses. And if you know about Proverbs, Proverbs is a wisdom book. It's a book of wisdom. And and this is a a, a verse that I want to highlight for a second. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. You've probably heard this before if you've been in church at all. You've heard this verse. This is beginning to answer that question. What does that look like to trust God with everything? Lean not on your own understandings. 
Submit to him in all your ways. Path straight. That's, I want straight paths, right? What's interesting is in, in this verse, if you look at the verses that precede these, can you, can you go to that? The verses 1 and 2, do we have those? 3, 1 and 2. It says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Who wants peace and prosperity? That sounds nice. So you're telling me if I trust in the Lord with all my heart, if I lean not on my own understanding, submit to him, oh, peace and prosperity. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me. So if this is a wisdom book, for those of you who have ears to hear, this is some wisdom for your life. You would be wise in heeding these words. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Submit to him in all you do. That's hard. That's not easy. Like I said, it's, it's even messy. But here's the thing it says. It doesn't say not to think. Sometimes I think, you know, or I, we hear in church, you know, it's like, oh, well, it's, it's all on God. I have no, it's, all, it's all God. I don't, I'm not responsible. It's all on God. And it doesn't say don't think. It doesn't say don't act. It doesn't say don't do. What does it say, though? It says don't lean on yourself. Trust in him. Lean on his understanding. Submit to him. What does it look like to submit to somebody in your life? It doesn't mean you don't do anything. You might consult them. You might ask them what they think. If, if I'm going to go out to dinner, I'm going to consult my wife. Where do you want to go? And she's going to say, oh, I don't know. Choose wherever you want, right, guys? And then you choose somewhere. Yeah, we know that story. I don't have to go down that road. What does it look like to lean on God? What does it look like to consult God in what you do? Maybe it's just that pause. That pause to say, maybe this isn't the best scenario. Maybe this isn't the best choice. God, what should I do? Lean not on yourself, but on God. And when it comes to the series, you know, the starting point is acknowledging God. But it's also acknowledging something else. It's acknowledging that you have something that can be leveraged. Acknowledging that you have something that can be leveraged. A lot of us do not understand at all how powerful God can use us. There's a girl here at church, a lady I was talking to, and I was talking about her story. And she was telling about how over this last year her faith has grown and she's, she's, you know, she was living for herself. She's like, I had all these goals. I wanted to make a lot of money. I want to have this nice car. I want to do all these things. And she was reaching those goals. She was reaching that potential. She was seeing the fruits of her work. And she was getting what she wanted. But she didn't feel how she wanted to feel. She realized there's still something missing. This isn't it. And I was talking to her, I'm like, that's an that's a amazing story. That's so powerful. There's so many people who need to hear that, who, who are like on that search. They're on that quest. And as soon as I make this amount of money, as soon as my bank account gets to this point, as soon as I'm at this point in my life, everything will be good. It will be what I want. And she's done it. She did it. And she realized, I still wanted something else. Something was still missing. And I said, that story is power. And she's like, oh, really? She didn't realize 
It's like, that's powerful. And in something, you know, all of us, we, we would think about that and we'd hear them like, oh my gosh, how could she doubt how powerful it is? That's each one of us. Each one of you in here, you have something like that that you're like minimizing. You're minimizing how God has used you or a place that God has moved or, or a, a revelation that you have gotten to. You're like, yeah, I guess God could use it. But we miss it. And that's the first thing with this whole series, acknowledging you have something. You have elements of your life, personality, past, a story, something, multiple things that God can use. And we have to understand God can use that. You may have heard Jesus chose the, what, 12 disciples, right? They were the most religious elite. No. They were not the religious elite. They were not the ones that you would think that the God of the universe would come and choose. You're like, oh, well, he's going to choose the one that looks good and knows, you know, scriptures really well and is put together and looks great. No, he didn't do that. He picked fishermen tax collectors. He picked people that you wouldn't have guessed. And ultimately, these 12 went on to change the world. God leveraged their messiness. You read in scripture, them fighting with each other, fighting about who's going to be next to Jesus in, in heaven. It's like, you see the humanity of these disciples, and yet we miss how God can use our humanity, how God can use us in everything that we have. I've written down here where God, where we see weakness, God sees potential. Where we see weakness, God sees potential. Because we miss that. All we think about is how I can do it in my own power. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to, I don't want to think about that past, that thing that happened. I want to get as far away as possible. God's going, I can use that. In 2 Corinthians, we see Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, boasting. He says, the experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. I will only boast about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away, and each time he said, my grace is all you need. My grace is sufficient. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. There's so much goodness here. You have a man, okay, Paul, you want to talk about someone who was like elite. Paul was pretty elite. Very, I mean, he was smart, educated, zealous dude. And before he met Jesus, he, he did it. He was the top of his game. This is the type of person you're like, oh, yeah, of course. Except we know his past. His past, he persecuted Christians. He didn't believe that Jesus was the Christ. He didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah. And so he persecuted Christians. And then Jesus got a hold of him. But you can see, he had natural abilities. He had natural skills, natural talents. He was the man. 
but he also had a past. He had a thorn in his flesh. He had hindrances. He had weaknesses. And I think we can miss so often the nuances of life. We, we want to simplify life. You know, we're in or we're out. We're clean or we're not. There are so many intricacies to our stories, our wins, our losses. Everything that you've been through, there's nuances to that. And we can miss just how God can use all of that and work through it. But I love that. Paul, I'll boast in my weaknesses. You put that as a bumper sticker, right? Boast in my weakness. Everyone's like, that guy's crazy. It's so countercultural. Put your best foot forward. Make the filter just right. Make it look good. My life is together. My kids are perfect. They obey all the time. They go to bed right when they're told to. My friends are awesome. We go to the best places. We vacation. It's awesome. Best weather, sunny. That's my life. That's what I want you to see anyways. I want you to look at me. I'm, I'm put together. I want you to, to look at me a certain way and, and trust me. I'm a human. I mess up. I try to be really honest. I say that a lot. I try to be very honest from up here. I have my struggles. I have my weaknesses. I have weeks that I don't want to come up here and teach. We all have something that we deal with. But here's the thing. How am I going to let God use this? I have a platform. God, how are you going to use my weaknesses on weeks that I don't feel like I'm good enough? On weeks that I feel unprepared? On weeks that I've had arguments with my spouse? On mornings I've had arguments with my spouse? That's the worst. To come up here and try to talk a good game and make it sound like it's easy? It's not. Everybody's expecting me to come up here and give something. I, you know, make me laugh and give me a good word and challenge me and encourage me. Do it. But we all face that. We all face the thoughts of other people. We all face having to perform, to be something for somebody else. And God's like, I'm, I'll take it all. I'll take it all. And that's the thing. My next point is this. Allowing God to leverage it requires admitting need. You're admitting you need help. Again, weakness. We don't like that. That's not fun. God, I need you. This is so beautifully represented in the passage we read in 2 Corinthians 12. Paul boasting his need for God. I need it. And what's funny is even by his own admission, he said, I could boast in myself. And I would be no fool in doing so. So, I have things I could boast in, and I would be no fool. You would not think me crazy to boast in these things, but yet, I choose to boast in my weakness. Because he recognizes what? He recognizes where the true power comes from. The true power doesn't come from him and his goodness. It comes from God. We see that in Philippians 4. We know this, Philippians 4.13, but I'm going to read in 12 first. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether with a full stomach 
or empty with plenty or little. And then here it is, the verse we know, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. We like to use this verse for things when it's like in our own interest. Got that job coming up. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But yet, when we read the verse before, we get a little context here. He's talking about in any situation that God has him in, God is giving him strength. He is recognizing where his source of strength is coming from. It is not in his ability. It is not in his goodness. It is not in how well he could do it. It is in and only through God's strength. It's the, it's the secret, right? The secret is it's God. It's his strength. Last is this. Leveraging it is surrendering it. Leveraging it is surrendering. It's one thing to acknowledge we have a story. It's one thing to admit that we have a need. But can we actually surrender it? Can we trust God with it? Can we acknowledge that, you know, okay, God, I have something, you can use it. Commit your help. Can I give it over? And that's what we're going to be doing over these next couple weeks. We're going to be looking at ways that this practically plays out. How does this practically play out in our everyday life to let God leverage it, to leverage our past, our gifts, our futures, our personality, our character traits? Because here's the thing. There can be something good that we have. There can be a a personality we have that used for our own benefit can cause damage and pain. But submitted to God, surrendered to God, can produce fruit and beautifulness. Beautifulness, interesting word. Can produce something beautiful. Can be loving. And it's so funny how you get two sides depending on how you use it. To my gain, it's not loving. We might say it is. We might try to make it loving for our own personal gain. But then what does it look like to truly surrender that to God? As we close today and before we we take communion together, by the way, if you haven't gotten the elements and you would like to take communion with us, um, we can have somebody bring you elements. You can raise your hand. If you are watching online and you would like to do communion with us, you can go ahead and get elements now. But I want to draw attention to this theme of surrender for just a second. There's, there's so many of us that put our faith in ourselves. I mean, some people may say, I don't have faith or I don't believe in anything. You believe in something. Everybody's putting their faith in something. And so many of us rely on our own strength, our own understanding. Literally the opposite of that Proverbs verse we've talked about, right? We're relying on ourselves. And we have a choice. We have a choice of who am I going to trust in? Am I going to rely on myself or am I going to rely on God? And and that submission, that surrendering, that's the core of what we call the gospel. The gospel is the good news, the good news of Jesus. If you've heard the gospel, that word before, that's all it means. It means the good news. And the reason it's good news is because God sent his son to earth to do something that we can't do on ourselves, that we can't do on our own. He surrendered. And he's asking us to do the same. 
in John 3, 16 and 17. Here it is. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And then we, we miss 17 sometimes, but then it goes on to say, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That's the gospel. That's the good news. We're all broken. We all have our past. We all have things that we're ashamed of. And God's saying, that doesn't define you. And this is where that surrender piece comes in. God's saying, give it to me. You don't need to carry that weight. I can use that. I can use that to make something beautiful. And if you've never put your, your faith in Jesus, I mean, I'd love to make time for it right now. Whether you're watching online, whether you're here in the room, maybe you're watching it a week or two later. Wherever you are now, there's some of us that have never made that choice to surrender our lives to Jesus. To say that, God, I need you. Scripture says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Ephesians 2, 8, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. It's the gift of God. Too many of us have been trying to do it on our own. Too many of us have been trying to, to carry that weight on our own, in our own power. And God's saying, surrender it. Give it over. Stop trying to do it on your own. Let's just say that today. Wherever you are, the scripture says, if you confess your mouth, Jesus, let's just say that today. Jesus is Lord. Let's say it together. Jesus is Lord. Let's just say it again. Jesus is Lord. One more time. Jesus is Lord. Do you believe that? Is that real in your life today? Does that, does that change the way you live? And if that's the first time you've acknowledged Jesus, Lord, we celebrate with you. And for those of us who have said that before, it's a great reminder for us to say, God, we need you. God, I need you. May our hearts reflect that. I can't, I can't change your heart. I can't coerce you into doing anything. But I can speak and testify of the love that I felt from God and the way that he's used me in my brokenness and in my limitations. And that's the beauty of following Jesus. It's not on me. So I ask all of us today, let's surrender it. Let's let God leverage it, everything that we have. And now together, we take communion. A remembering This is what we just talked about. This is celebrating what we just talked about. Celebrating the fact and acknowledging what Jesus did. Coming to earth. Sacrificing so much because he loves us. And so today, let's do this together. Let's take the piece of bread, the wafer, or whatever you may have if you're, if you're joining us at home. This represents the body of Christ which was broken for us. The night he met with his disciples before being betrayed, 
to having a meal with them. And I always say this. This is such a be- beautiful thing that they just, they had, have no, they had no idea how significant that piece of bread was. They had no idea this, this breaking of bread, what that would signi- signify. And here we are today, knowing what Jesus did for us. And so let's take this piece of bread and let's, let's remember and celebrate and be thankful for the body of Christ that was broken for us. Let's take it. That same night, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood that was shed for you. And as we take this cup again, we celebrate what this means for us, the shedding of Christ's blood for us so that we can have right relationship with Jesus, so we can have a hope and a future in him. Let's drink in celebration and in remembrance of him. If today was the first day that you confessed that Jesus is Lord or put your faith in him, I would please let us know. If you're watching, if you're here today, let us know. We would love to come alongside you and help you. Maybe you've said the sinner's prayer before or confessed your need for God before. Maybe this was a day that you decide, you know what, I haven't really been living that out. Wherever it is, please let us know how we can help. If you need support, if you want to know more, please let us know. It's the best decision you can make to put your faith in Jesus. That is where our hope is in. Let's pray. God, we thank you for all that you do, for all that you are, for your love for us, God. And God, as we we talk through this Leverage It series, God, I pray that each of us here would understand just how powerful you are and can be in our lives. That, That the ways that we think we can't be used, God, you, you can use them. The things in our past that we want to hide, God, you can use them. The good stuff, the things that we think we have control over, you can take it and you can use it. I pray that each of us, God, would, would work on that, that, that surrendering peace, that this week we would find new ways to, to lean on you, to trust you to take that pause before we make a decision, to stop and pray. And God, I pray that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that your spirit would be very real to us as we begin this process and this understanding of what it really looks like to surrender our lives to you. God, we love you and we thank you for this time. It's your name we pray, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand and join us as we continue to worship.